Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. Today, I am joined by another inspirational guest. Her name is Haley, and she's going to be sharing her experience with us of being diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency at the age of 14. In other words, premature menopause. And when I saw her story on the Channel 4 documentary, Sex, Myths and Menopause, which aired in May, I was actually blown away because I had no idea that you could actually go through premature menopause at such a young age. And for me at 26, it it was kind of like, wow, you know, you're never too young to go through that. So it was really informative. The documentary was really great. And it's it's funny because I wouldn't normally watch something like that. But lately I've been trying to educate myself more on women's health because I do feel like sometimes as women, we know very little about our own bodies. And sometimes we only educate ourselves on certain conditions when we actually get diagnosed with it or we have a friend or family member going through it. So I think it's really important just to educate ourselves so that we're not ignorant to things that could potentially happen to us at later on in life or even someone that we know. So when I saw Haley on the documentary, I thought to myself, I have to reach out to her. I need to get her on the podcast. And I had no idea how I was going to do that. So I was scrolling through the internet. I found her Twitter. I found her blog. But I'm like, does she have Instagram? Because I don't have Twitter. And I'm like, how am I going to get through to this woman? And then I managed to find her Instagram. I got the courage to send her a DM. And now we have her here on the show. And I'm so grateful that she's going to be sharing her story with us. Because I'm sure it's not easy to speak about these things. It's a very personal issue. But I'm so grateful that she accepted and she's here with us today and I'm sure you're going to be inspired by her her journey so far and again if you need to connect with her I'll have all her links in the description and before we do jump into today's show I do want to urge you if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, do give us a rating if you enjoyed today's podcast leave us some feedback we would love to hear how you found today's show you know is there anything that we shared in this podcast today that you didn't know before but yeah definitely let us know and give us your feedback but anyways I'll stop talking and we're going to get into today's show. Hi Hayley thank you for joining us today. Hello thank you for asking me so I didn't realize how much effort you went through to find me. <laughs> I really went through some effort I even found your blog but I'm like I can't see any other contact links how do I get through to her and then I absolutely managed to find you so I was so excited about that. So yeah here we are so I'm just going to read out the definition for premature ovarian insufficiency. So the definition that I found on the guide in St. Thomas I have like a leaflet on it it says it's the loss of ovarian function before the age of 40 um, also known as primary ovarian failure or premature menopause. So Haley's going to share her story with us and just kind of going through the highs and lows because I'm sure that it's been a very tough difficult journey at some points I'm sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll just kind of get into your story. Okay yeah so I'm say 40 years old now um, and I decided to speak out last year and um, I'd never in a million years thought that I was going to have the courage or the guts to ever come out and speak about it. But I basically am on sort of the journey at the moment of trying to adopt a child with my husband. Um, and I just feel that that gave me the, the strength, really. Um, it's very weird. Like, I just feel now that I need to be honest with myself. Do you know what I mean? Because I've lived yeah. for so many years sort of hiding behind it. And if I'm going to hopefully be a mum soon then yeah I just want to be be able to be myself so yeah so I started my periods um, when I was 12 years old um, they were regular for about a year and then they just stopped and I didn't think anything of it at the time I just thought oh, I'm one of the first out of my group of friends to start their period so 
that they'll come back sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I started experiencing your typical menopause symptoms, really, your hot flushes, your night wow. sweat. Um, and when I say night sweats, I mean having to get up during the night and take my nightie off and put on a, a, on a fresh one because it was just full. It was dripping wet. Wow. Um, and then I'd be sitting in class at school and I couldn't concentrate properly. And then I'd be having hot, hot flushes sort of while I'm in a lesson. And I'd be thinking like, what is going on? Like, I, 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 weren't, I didn't have a clue what was going on, obviously, because back 26 years ago, <laughs> you didn't even really know of the word menopause. You just knew it as older ladies saying. Yeah, especially at that age. I had no idea of menopause when I was 13. No, you knew, so, and if you did hear the word menopause, well, you, you didn't. So you heard it more as a lady saying, oh, excuse me, I'm going through my change sort of thing. So yeah. So yeah, so obviously that didn't even enter my brain. Um, and then it was getting really bad. Like I was coming home from school, having to have naps and I just felt weird. And that was how I explained it to my mum. I said, mum, I don't know what's the matter. I just feel weird. And she hadn't even had her menopause. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't feel myself. And she was like, come on, I think we need to go to the doctors. So yeah, off we went. And Admittedly, I've, I although doctors at the moment obviously are not seen as, as great GPs at diagnosing ladies, I feel very grateful that back then I did have a GP who kind of immediately sent me for blood tests um, and checked my like FSH levels and things. And yeah, they obviously come back that something wasn't right. So we, we then got a letter to say that we needed to go and see like a gynecologist mm -hmm. so we went to that appointment and they done an ultrasound which revealed that I have a womb but it is very small and that they could only find one ovary and, oh, that, wow. you know, and that the ovary that they found basically didn't have any eggs in it so I didn't really understand say so at 14 years old I just was like yeah okay <laughs> um my mum was absolutely bawling her eyes out and I was like mum it's okay like I'm all right like I'm okay like I, I couldn't obviously understand why my mum was crying so much um and then my mum started asking the consultant if it was something that she'd done is it something sort of hereditary or like just could she have prevented it and I just remember the consultant saying to my mum well, it's not as if she's going to be trying for a baby now anyway, because that's why my mum was obviously so upset because yeah. she knew that it meant that I wouldn't be able to obviously have a baby, a birth child of, of my own biologically. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of all we got told in that room on that day, really, was that basically I was going to have to start HRT, like hormone replacement therapy, that I would have a monthly bleed um, and that bleed would be to keep the lining of my womb working and healthy so that later on down the line, if I did want to try IVF egg donation, because that would be what I'd need, egg donation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that say it would keep my womb healthy so that I could potentially carry a child sort of further down the line, really. And that say, that was it. That was all I got told. Yep, you're going on HRT to protect your bones. You're going to have this bleed and sent on my way, really. Um, I wasn't given any help. No counselling or anything like that? Nothing. No, no support of where to go to do any reading. Just, just nothing. So it kind of was very 
isolating because everywhere I went online to read, all it ever said was that it happened to ladies in their 50s. Um, and that every picture that I'd see, I'd see an older lady and I'd read it and I think, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me because I'm not, I don't look like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not that old. So yeah, it was very, very isolating saying I had no one to talk to. I didn't want to be a subject for people to discuss and gossip yeah. about. So I kept it all to myself. Um, and yeah, I just put it to the back of my head and just got on with it really for, for many, many years. <laughs> so with um, POI, are there any like side effects that you have, like, you know, aside from like hot flushes, are there any like changes that you've had in your body or just things that you've had kind of had to deal with as a result? Well, yeah. So when I was diagnosed, so obviously I had my periods for a year. So I did start to develop like a little bit of boobs um but then when that happened it, it's like I just stopped so it because you're not getting obviously enough of the female hormone or producing the female hormone things like that aren't going to develop wow. so yeah so I did go through a stage of being very flat-chested compared to all my friends for a while and I remember when we were younger my sister used to say like take the mick out of me a bit because she was younger than me and she had these boobs and I just had nothing but say now that I've educated myself over these last sort of seven eight months it all starting to make sense to me now as to why I didn't have any boobs because say it was as soon as I started my HRT then yeah things sort of started to develop again really um but then the thing is with me I was put on HRT which yeah I'm very grateful for because it has protected my bones um but unfortunately, the dose that I was put on wasn't the correct dose for, for many, many years. And I then suffered every single one of your perimenopausal symptoms that you could possibly have. Like there's like 40 odd symptoms. You can like heart palpitations, ringing in your ears, um, brittle nails, hair thinning, uh, receding gums. It, it's just an endless wow. list. An endless list. And I spent so many years going to the doctors with all these symptoms um, and the doctor never realized that they were menopause symptoms or didn't even think that maybe my dosage might need adjusting so that obviously that would then get them under control so I kind of was made to feel as if I was a hypochondriac for many many years um, because I say I'd go to the doctors like um cystitis, vaginal dryness, things like that. Are, like, I went to the doctors many times over them and he'd just say, no, you haven't got cystitis, no, you haven't got thrush, whereas I knew that things were wrong down yeah. below, but there was no explanation in any sort of tests, but it was all menopause-related. Okay. Yeah, so it's educating yourself is, is so, so important. And I kind of kicked myself a little bit now that I didn't do that for so many years but I just put all my 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 faith I suppose in the NHS and they told me that I needed to be on these tablets so I just took them and I just say I just got on with it because yeah. I didn't I, I wasn't told of anything else like I say I just lived in my little little bubble I suppose 
And you know what? You're not the only one. Whenever we have some sort of illness, if the doctor says, take this, we're just going to take it. You know, sometimes we don't do our own research or even reading the side effects of that medication we're going to take because they usually have something. So, you know, you raised a really, really good point about educating yourself on, you know, any issues that you may have, or even if you don't have it, it's still good to know because sometimes we're going through changes in our body, but we don't even notice them or we just kind of like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing until it actually does become something quite detrimental. Yeah, and I just kind of thought that it was all just normal. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know my life any differently. Like I've lived like this since I was sort of 12 years old. So oh, wow. to me, this is the norm. And this is how I thought that probably most people felt. Like, <laughs> so, And now it's only since I've had my medication change sort of last year that I'm now starting to feel some massive benefits from it um, and realised that how I was feeling for 20 odd years, say, wasn't normal. But then at the same time, at least now where I'm raising awareness, I can go, <laughs> I can sort of tell everyone of all these symptoms to, to look out for and yeah. that they're not normal to, to be having, basically. Wow. Um, a question that I had actually did POI affect your relationships in any way with other people or even romantic relationships? Because I'm sure it would have been something challenging to kind of open up to someone about. Like, did that affect your relationships in any way? Yeah, massively. Um, it made me pull away from people um, because I was too scared to tell them. I kind of would get into a relationship and then think, oh, my God, it's starting to get serious now. I've either got to tell them or I've just got to, put, say, push them away because it then meant that if I did tell them and they'd accept it, then I'd worry that further down the line, they'd then think, oh, hold on a minute. I'm not sure if, if this is sort of what I what I want. Yeah. Or then I'd worry that then they would tell other people. So then that meant others would know. Um, so I kept it very secretive. Um, I did tell a handful of friends. Um, I did even lose a friend at one point. because Really? Yeah, because she told me that I was lying and making it all up. Um, oh, we, my gosh. And I was like, why? I think I was about 18 at the time. And I was like, why would I be making this up? Why would an 18-year-old girl even be thinking of making something like this up? Um, and I went and got out my medication and read her the sort of leaflet. And she was a bit like, oh. And we haven't spoken pretty much since because <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't need people like that in my life. Definitely, definitely mm. not. No, yeah. So, it, yeah, it has been difficult relationship-wise. Um, so every time you do meet someone, it's like lingering over you that you've, you've got to tell them, really. Um, and it does affect your, your girlmates' relationships because all my group of friends are having babies and they're all going out to mummy and baby groups and swimming and that together while I'm sitting at my desk at work do you know what I mean so yeah yeah, it it does affect you and you don't get invited to barbecues and things like that because you haven't got a child and people don't really probably realize that how much it it is affecting me um because obviously all they're thinking about is being with people who've got children so yeah Yeah. it, it does affect your relationships a lot yeah I can imagine So as we're kind of already touching on that, let's talk a little bit more about mental health. Would you say that were there any points where, you know, 
POI kind of affected your mental health as well? Because even the example you just gave, I can imagine that because sometimes people may feel like, oh, well, Henny doesn't have children, so she might not want to come. But again, for you, it's kind of like, you know, I want to be there too. So I I can imagine that being quite tough. Yeah. um, I would say it probably didn't affect my mental health until around my mid twenties. When I started realizing that I was never going to have this miracle baby that many people you hear have um and even some of my friends who knew they'd be like oh you never know you hear of so-and-so they've got polycystic ovaries and they've had a baby and you've heard of so-and-so and I'd be like yeah but to have a baby you need an egg and a sperm and I don't have the egg so I'm not going to have this miracle baby um so yeah so it affected say my relationships say in regards to not being invited places but the the mental health side of it of my infertility affected me say around I'd say around 20 24 25 when all my friends were sort of falling pregnant for the first time um it it kind of just makes you feel like you're not a normal woman like that is what women are meant to do is aren't they is reproduce um which everyone makes out but obviously this is 2021 life's different now not it's not how not how everyone says it should be is it people are yeah different. definitely but unfortunately you have many people like oh come on Haley, you've been married for years like you're getting on now it's about time you knocked a kid out and it, that would get to me because I think how can you not even think for one minute that maybe there could be something going on that's not making me be able to have this child but say people don't unfortunately don't think about others and things before they open their mouths do they that is so true and you know what I remember I saw something it was a post speaking about that I think it was last year or the year before you know saying that you should stop asking people when they're going to have children because mm-hmm. it's true you don't know what people are going through sometimes they just had a miscarriage or maybe they don't even want children you know but sometimes we put all this pressure on people or when are you going to get married when are you going to have children and it's yeah. like it's actually not in my business so like you don't need to be asking you know well, if someone doesn't bring it you, up then are you happy like that's the thing like yeah exactly. like are, are you happy is more of a better question to ask and putting people under all that pressure it just yeah it does get get to you yeah I can imagine especially you keep hearing it over and over um another question that I had was were there any changes or like adjustments that you had to make to your life so maybe as a result of taking um hormone replacement therapy or just any um menopausal symptoms in Um, general well, the thing is, say, I lived for many years still having these menopause symptoms, which I just assumed were normal. Um, obviously, my tablets I, I was on, I took daily. Sometimes I'd forget, but only for one night. And then I'd be like, oh, no, I forgot my tablet. Um, but no, it just become part of, of my life. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was just an everyday thing. And so I, I lived with many symptoms, which, say, unfortunately could have been solved by just adjusting my medication really wow so in terms of okay this might sound like a very silly question but I I'm trying to just trying to understand it a little bit better so in terms of like your symptoms is there going to come a point where that will kind of stop like is your body still going through the process of menopause and will there come a point where that will just stop does that make sense yeah yeah I get you right so (laughs) So, yeah, so when ladies obviously are going through perimenopause, menopause, that their estrogen levels are depleting. So you're, you're usually just topping them up 
um, to make you feel back to, to your normal self sort of thing, really. Okay. Um, whereas with me, obviously, I don't have... I don't produce any estrogen or any testosterone at all because I say I recently had a scan and my other ovary is shriveled up and gone. So, yeah, I have to be on this medication really to to get my hormones in the first place. Um, And, yeah, I do find because now I'm on a patch or I'm on two patches now um, of estrogen and I change those twice a week and I do find that, sort of the day before patch change day that I do have a sort of dip in myself um I feel like I start getting my hot flushes back um feel very irritable and just yeah I just don't feel great but then as soon as I and I and the thing is I listen to my body if my body's going through that I I just think just change your patch sort of a day early and as soon as I change it within two hours I'm I'm back up again you kind of you really do feel the difference in yourself as soon as those hormones are sort of kicking back in really Wow, it really just shows how much our mood is linked to our hormones. So even, you know, maybe someone listening, you might be going through the same thing, you know, definitely go to your GP, speak to them, you know, if you're noticing that your mood's different, and you don't understand why, it could possibly be a hormone imbalance, you just never know. So I think it's good to kind of listen to your body, you know, when you find things are unusual, speak on them, don't just kind of wait, oh, I'll just wait a little bit, like, just go and check it out, just in case. Totally. Like say, you know your body better than anyone else. So even if you are going and the doctors are saying you're too young, because that unfortunately is what ladies even in their early 40s are being told by GPs. Well, I am and there's many ladies out there that are proof that you're not too young. It, It can happen. Wow. I was actually looking at some statistics earlier. And one that I found on the Guys in St. Thomas leaflet that they did on it was that it affects one in 100 women before 40 and five in 100 before 45. And in terms of under 20, it's one in 10,000, which doesn't sound so bad. But if you think about it, you know, there's millions of people, you know, that live in the UK. So 10,000 is actually, it's it's still quite a significant number. And under 30 is one in 1,000. So it's definitely something to kind of just educate yourself on. Because maybe you even have a friend or family member that's going through that, but they don't recognize it as that either. Or they think, oh, but I'm so young. Like it's it's probably nothing, you know, because that's what we do. We don't want to think the worst. So sometimes we just kind of fob things off like it's nothing. So... Yeah, that's like say when I first started talking out. Not only did I want to like reach out to others that are, are going through it and um, to realise that they're not on their own, but also say to help educate parents that it can happen. Say to, to their daughter, because um, say there are a lot of ladies that didn't realise say it could happen at such a young age. So at least if their daughters are showing any sort of symptoms or anything, like get them to the GP as soon as you can. Really, yeah. Definitely. I think it's really important to educate ourselves on that, especially as women. It's I find it so weird how little we know about our own bodies, um, which is kind of crazy. But if you think about it, we don't learn that in school. In school, you learn about reproducing and a bit of biology, but you don't really learn about women's health. So unless you actively look out for this information, we just won't know. Well, luckily, it is actually going into the school curriculum and menopause. So. Oh, wow. um, And and it. Well, it's just now waiting for it to basically be implemented and the right, well, the training obviously to, to go ahead. Um, 
because obviously the teachers need to be more clued up on it um, to be able to teach it in the first place. So yeah. it's, and it will be good because it will help people realise like for guys, like their mum or their nan going through it or that later on in their life, their sister or their partner and that are going to go through it. So it, it's educating everyone really, isn't it? In, yeah. in that way and which it needs because so it does affect your relationships. You, you can be a moody cow and <laughs> not want sex because your libido's gone out the window and gone to another country. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it does affect your relationships. So I say the more guys understand about it, the better, really. That's so true. Is there any advice that you give to anyone that maybe is going through, you know, what you went through and they're just kind of feeling like alone or that, you know, my life's over? Because I'm sure, you know, that thought might cross someone's mind. What advice would you give them? Yeah, that you're not alone. Um, And although, like, social media can be a bad place at times, it can also be an amazing place for you to meet your sort of tribe of of women that are going through the same thing as you. Um, The Daisy Network is like the charity for ladies with POI. They're amazing. Um, You you can get a lot of support there. Um, So, and... I have a lot of ladies message me about like they don't feel they're ever going to meet a guy and that they're never going to be accepted. And you will, you will meet that person that that it will all feel okay with telling them. Um, it, it just says that you know when you've met that right person, basically. So just don't feel like you're going to be on your own because of it. Because say it might have taken you, like, I didn't meet my husband till I was like 30, but. I, I told him sort of within days because it, it just felt right. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah don't put that pressure on yourself just because you haven't met the right person in your early twenties. It, it will happen eventually. That's so true. Such great advice. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'll definitely put all your links in the show notes, but let us know anyway. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram as premature menopause 14. So uh, one four that is um and then I'm on Twitter as Hayley Cockman I think I'm, I'm, I'm really not very good on Twitter I must admit. <laughs> it was only because of the program they put it on there and then my following went Whoop! so I was like oh I need to be a bit more active on there <laughs> yeah so I, I'm a lot more active on say on Instagram they've spoken about the more people will realize that it, it they will eventually be in menopause themselves and saying that they are not alone. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Hayley, for joining me today and sharing your story. I was inspired. I learned a lot. And for those of you that are listening back to this podcast, do share your feedback with us. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and leave a review on today's show. Why not share this podcast with a friend, a family member? Because I'm sure at some point, someone you know will go through this and it's important for us to raise awareness so that we can better support each other, so that we can actually start identifying these things when we start noticing changes in our bodies sometimes we're going through things and we don't even realize because we're ignorant to our own bodies so let's raise awareness i'll also put in the show note the link to a petition about making menopause matter in healthcare employment and education we need to raise awareness of this so do sign the petition it's only going to take you a couple of minutes and it's going to make a massive difference i'll also put all the links to get in touch with Haley, her blog her twitter her instagram and also the charity that she works with so definitely check it out and i'm sure that 
you know, just through listening to this podcast, you're already enlightening yourself, you're already bettering yourself and increasing your knowledge on women's health. So whether you're a woman or a man, I'm sure that this information you learned today is going to be useful at some point. And like I said, do share it with someone. Thank you for listening today. Have a great rest of your week and I'll be back with you next week, Thursday.